Hello and welcome and a happy new year. Welcome to Speaking About Speaking, uh, the first one of 2024. So welcome to Andrew Thorpe. Happy new, happy new year, Andrew. Well, and a happy new year to you and to all the millions of, of, of viewers and listeners out there. Millions and millions. I'm just going to double check. because Oh, Catherine's trying to join us, as is Tricia. So apologies while we just get everybody onto the stage. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm fine now. I found you. Excellent. <laughs> happy Hi, New Catherine. Year. Hello. Happy New Year. Hi, Andrew. Thank you. So obviously you two know each other. We do. Yeah. 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 So I will explain who and what is going to happen for the next half an hour or so. Actually, it might run over a little bit because there's uh, I think there's going to be so much to talk about. But today, the first one of 2024 is our TEDx special. And the reason that I have Andrew and Catherine here is that both are speaker coaches, but more excitingly, both have been TEDx speakers. And Catherine, you organise events too. And Andrew, you MC, as uh, you, and you've you've done that for Catherine, as far as I yes, as far as I we, we worked together um, just a few weeks ago in uh, Warrington in Cheshire in the UK. Excellent, excellent. Well, perhaps if you just give us a little bit of an intro, uh, we'll start with you, Catherine. What was your first experience of TEDx? When when did you first hear about TED? Uh, maybe not then TEDx because obviously that's that that came after TED itself. So tell us when you when you first heard about TED and how that's got you uh, to where you are now and with your involvement with TEDx. Um, I think. I came across TED probably like most people where I heard something that was interesting. Um, either someone said, oh, that's an interesting topic. You should go and have a look at a TEDx talk or somebody shared something with me. Um, and I I listened to a TED talk. And thought, oh, oh, this is quite good. Didn't really think about it in terms of a brand. Just really thought about it as you know, a piece of information or a story or you know, something really interesting to talk about. And that that was for years. And I was I am a trainer, so there were lots of resources, free resources, if um, that I could draw on to help with my clients at the time. So I think it was it was that sort of very much interesting ideas, interesting information coming at it from different angles. And then um, I, when I focused on speaking, as my part of my business, my core business. I sort of had this little, you know. You know, like when you have a pee in a drum and you go, oh, TEDx, that's quite interesting. And then it sort of got to be a, well, you know, that would be a good thing to 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 have. Um, and then it just laid dormant. I didn't really do anything with it. <laughs> My husband worked for, he was a lecturer at a local agricultural college. And they had an email that went round to say, we're hosting um, a, a TEDx event. Are you interested in speaking? And he said, not on your Nelly. Yeah. But um, he went, I think I know a woman who might. <laughs> and that was that was the start of a journey where I met Andrew. Um, I knew about Andrew before. I think we'd, we'd met briefly, but that was when we got to tread the boards together. Um, and I got to know him a lot better. Um, and uh, and that's when I did it myself. And then everything else has sort of flowed on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And now and now you are an organiser and you have an event in, as you say, in, in Northwich, as far as I know, that's the one that you organise, isn't it? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when I did my my talk uh, alongside Andrew, there were two people in the audience from my hometown, Northwich, 
and um, they came up to me and said afterwards that was very good which was very kind of them and then they went we need to bring this to Northwich as a community event as a celebration of ideas in our in our local area um, yeah. and uh, and that led to our first event in 2019 and we're just starting our fifth event yes we're just recruiting now for speakers for TEDx Northwich in July this year so Brilliant. it's been quite a quite a journey but we shared the stage at Nantwich so I, I have a theory that you're working your way through the alphabet with these towns <laughs> well yes it may well be um but uh yes we've gone from Northwich to Warrington to Nantwich yes yeah actually i do yeah, have a funny story i don't know if we've got time for that. oh hi trish hi, trisha. when we organize the event for tedx northwich part of the deal is you have to have the the letters on the stage um and obviously tedx northwich is is a long name and we we didn't have a lot of budget and we didn't know how to do them what have you so we went to um I'm trying to think what the town was and said could we borrow your letters so we borrowed the tdx and then we had to go through and match northwich with this other country with this other town to and then i think we only had to make a t and an r or something like that to get north okay <laughs> no, I, how did you i want to ask how you did that how what did you make the letters from well, we've made ours from um, plywood. Uh, is that the right phrase? Yes, plywood. So somebody has cut them out for us and then made a really dinky little sort of stand. And we can put them up in, in less than half an hour. We can take them down much quicker with an electric drill. It's a very clever design and it's one of our volunteers that, that worked that out. Um, Brilliant. So, yeah. Uh, well, welcome, Tricia. Sorry if that link wasn't getting you to the right place. So. No, it's fine. I pressed on the on the image instead of the actual word, so it just took me into generic Streamyard. So it's all oh, right. God. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. We're just going to uh, just getting a, a little bit of an idea of what you all do. So I've I've asked for an, an introduction of what you do and and your first experience of TED, either as a as a punter listening. When did you first come across TED, uh, and then? What was your first experience of actually interacting? Uh, but I'm just going to say hello to Ella Orr, because Ella is here. And I know Ella. Hi, everybody. Great to be able to join here. I definitely would like to do a TED Talk by the time I'm 60 in 18 <laughs> months time. Well, that's that, there you go. That's bucket list stuff, isn't it? Welcome, Ella. So we might we might be able to help you, Ella, before the end of the of the half hour. But let's Andrew, tell us, tell us your experience of, of TEDx and who you are and 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 what that first experience of TEDx or TED was for you. Yes, well, if I do the who I am, first of all, uh, I'm somebody who reinvented themselves. I actually come from the, the golf industry originally, 22 years in the golf industry, and decided to change direction in uh, around 2008, 2009. And I've always loved public speaking, so that was kind of the, the link between the golf industry and what I do now, because there's lots of prize givings in the golf industry. I like emceeing things, don't I, Catherine? I like emceeing oh, things. And you're jolly good at it too. <laughs> no, anytime, anytime I can grab a microphone, I'm into that. So I was, I first came across TED in uh, around that time, 2008, 2009. Um, and I was introduced to it from a friend of mine. Um, and I then got introduced to people who were organizing a TEDx event at Warwick University. So there was, it was a student organized event where I was given a platform to speak. Um, and I was 
poorly prepared, I would say. I mean, I look back in horror at my first TEDx talk. It's, I don't think it's terribly good, but, uh, but it's, it's difficult for me to watch it because I paced up and down like a tiger. I was very nervous at the time because I hadn't really done much like that before. Um, so I think I've got progressively better over the years. The one I did alongside Catherine, I think, was OK. I was quite pleased with the one at, uh, at Nantwich. Um, but I mean, that, that was my first experience. And then Salford University in the middle of those two. So I've done three in total. But latterly, I've been hosting the event that Catherine's been the speaking coach at, the Warrington one. Uh, and it's been great from uh, being an MC and being the link between all the various speakers. Yeah. So when did you come across TED then? When was your first sort of uh, just as a punter, as a, as a, where did you hear about TED and what? Well, what my TED friend did? around 2008, 2009, he, he actually, I, I was going through a tough time at, the, at, the, at that point um, in my life. And, and I actually had no uh, stable abode at that time. I was, I was sofa hopping, shall we say, and he had a sofa that I hopped onto. Um, and he had he was really, really into personal development and had this extraordinary library in his house where he accommodated me for a while. And he was into TED Talks already. He was an early adopter of them. And that's where I first came across the, the concept. And I loved it. And I resolved that I wanted to speak at the main conference by the time I was 50. Um, and I don't know whether three little Ted's equates to one big Ted because I've done three <laughs> little ones, but not one big one. <laughs> I think so. I think we can say yes, it does. It does. Brilliant. Thank you, uh, Tricia. We've got a we've got a whoop whoop here, head of the <laughs> Tricia Lewis fan club here. Whoop whoop. And for a moment, I was thinking, oh, thanks, Yellow Tuxedo, and and then they they made up for it by by booting that. I'm truly honest. There you go. <laughs> so we've got we've got fans out there. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Patricia, tell us uh, uh, your experience of TED and, and okay. how you were involved. So, so I was. Um, just under 65 when I did TEDx, so seeing as we were all saying about our bucket list type situation, so there we go, never too old, never too late, blah, 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 it's my mantra. I had been watching TED Talks for years. It used to actually be, this is very personal, um, a regular Sunday in bed morning thing with my husband, we'd watch a TEDx talk. Anyway, you that's it. Um, so we've we've moved on since then. But I don't watch them as much now as I used to, which is weird because I think um, mm, I think it's uh, we, we'll come round to that in a minute. Actually, but, okay. So I'm fascinated by some of the um, more eclectic mix that you can see if you don't necessarily look at the the big popular ones. Let's just put it like that. So I first came across it then, which was years and years and years ago. I um, then saw on LinkedIn, my route in was a, a post, I think, by Catherine or, or one of the organisers who were saying we are now looking for. And actually, I didn't even see that direct because I wasn't connected with Catherine at the time. So it came via one of my connections. So this is how things work basically, anyone listening to this, stay connected, stay curious, um, because I was then prompted that this was happening. And so therefore, I made my bid. But of course, actually, it was soon 
around the COVID time, everything got very complex. I then had COVID and it really set me back. So I ended up doing mine a year later than I had previously been booked in to do with Catherine, who was extremely flexible and said, that's fine. Let's let's just, because I just thought I've run out of time. I wasn't feeling my best, hadn't given it all the preparation work I wanted to. Um, so I had a very lucky time in a way because I then got to do it live, um, although they made an amazing event out of doing it virtually, I have to say, but that's, that's another matter. Catherine, team, fabulous. But it also meant that I had another year in which actually that original talk evolved quite a lot. And I think there's quite a lot of learning tips mm. in that very experience, which I'll get onto in a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, just, just one other quick thing. I'm a, an experienced professional actor and, and, and speaker, but absolutely just want to put it out there, big wave flagging thing, um, flag waving even, that at no point did I think I could just waltz into this TEDx talk um, without acting like, if you like, like a complete novice in terms of all this, because it, it's, it's an experience that you yeah you need help with and you need to start from base camp you know you can't just say oh yeah I'm an experienced speaker I know how to do this because uh, it's quite unique yeah yeah no I would totally agree from you know um, and going back to your connections I connected with Catherine because of you Tricia and mm -hmm. I do remember the whole Covid thing and, and obviously your talk being being put off and when I think about you know back then that conversation we had pre-Covid that you were going to be doing that talk and how excited you were about doing it, then it wasn't really even something that I considered I could approach or it it almost seemed other. It almost seemed like, you know, that was it was un, unobtainable. It now is so much more popular and it seems to be on everybody's bucket list. Why do you think that is, Catherine? Why do you think that's, that over the last year or so, or maybe it's just because I'm becoming more aware of TEDx and organisers, do you think it is it, somehow it's, it's a lot more accessible and popular now than it was before? I think that's an, an interesting question. There's probably a number of different answers to that. I mean, there is an element that if you're focusing on it yourself, you will see more things around it, isn't there? Um, for sure, and, and things will crop up in conversations and, and, and all that. So that's definitely there. Um, I, I, I get a lot of people who say, it's on my bucket list, it's what I want to do. And that's, on the one hand, that is fantastic, because it is an achievement and it is exciting to do. And let me just turn my phone off, sorry. <laughs> um, but I always have a little air of caution around that because I would always ask people, why do you want to do it? I think there are some people who want to do it to tick it off a list, um, perhaps use it to promote their product or their service or what have you. And while doing a TEDx talk may well have that as an added benefit, I think if that's your sole reason for going in it, you're really missing a trick and missing an opportunity and possibly misusing the platform. Um, so we would always say at TEDx Northwich, if it's on your to-do list, ask yourself why. If you have got um, something that you believe in very, very strongly, or you've got an amazing idea, or you've got something that's a, you know, potentially could shift the way that somebody 
could see the world, then actually that's a great motivation to want to do a TEDx talk and actually start off with the idea. And for us as organisers, we think, well, if you start off with that as your basic premise, I have, I have something here that I, 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 I know some stuff around or I'm passionate about and it could change the way somebody sees the world. Start off with that. Then work on the speaking. You know, it, 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 it doesn't have to be you have to be a brilliant speaker, then think of an idea and then go and do a TEDx talk, although some people do try to do that route actually there'll be much stronger talks for having an amazing idea in the first place yeah. then work on how to express it um, if you need to and of course if you've got lots of other experience like Trisha's got her acting experience and life experience then that all comes into the mix and creates something rather wonderful um, yeah. but I think being honest with with why you want to do it which is not to say of course that you know amazing things can happen because you do a TEDx talk yeah. Um, you do raise your profile, you do strengthen your credibility. It may well help your company if you're somebody who has their own company. But of course, TEDx talks aren't just for people in business. And we no. would be really keen to hear from people who aren't in business and different voices, you know, um, and different ages and different perspectives, because that all for us supports what TEDx is all about, which is the idea. I mean, it's it's strange, isn't it, that it's kind of gone for when you look at the big TED stage. So you're, you're Ken Robinson's and, you, you know, going back to however many years ago that was, it, it was a different ethos then, wasn't it? It was almost it was a, a scientific idea. It was that it was about the ideas. It wasn't about the speaking. It wasn't about being on stage in front of an audience. It was about getting that idea across so that you could change lives and change the way people thought about things mm. whereas now it does seem a little bit like if you're in business like writing a book like having a podcast it's a way of getting on a stage and getting yourself promoted would you agree with that I think I mean I think that will be some people's motivation for doing that I still believe that you know if you're running an event and I can only speak from running um Northwich TEDx Northwich um the, you know, the curators of that are there to sift out the great ideas. And by the way, if you have a great idea, you may well have written a book about it. Yeah. Um, you may well. Have, so, you know, the two things aren't aren't exclusive, yeah. are they? In fact, yeah. the chances yeah. are the motivations are very similar. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd just rather than go, it's on my bucket list. What could I talk about? I'd always focus on. What do I really, really? And also, what you know, what's really important to me, what could change the world, but also what's the world ready to hear? Because it is a massive platform. I mean, um, it's it's just huge, isn't it? So potentially yes. anybody could hear your idea. So that's very yeah. exciting. Yes. But Andrew, what was your first talk about? Did you did you come at it from from the idea first point of view? I think it was called, if I remember rightly, from capitalism to peopleism. So it was very much about my attempt to reinvent myself. Um, and the most critical part of that process was to build um, a, a, a tribe of people who were supporting what I wanted to do. So it was all about, hence peopleism, it was about building relationships. It wasn't about cold transactional selling. But I think that relates to the point that Catherine was talking about, that a lot of business people, I think, are, are naturally very self-promotional 
because that's the, the part of their DNA is to be very opportunistic and find every platform they can to just sell their stuff. So you have to sort of reorientate their thinking a little bit and say, well, it's actually not about that. If you if you have an idea that you want to promote, which is a form of selling that you're somehow intimately connected to, that may well be to do with your work or have come from your work, but it may not do. That's more the way to think about it. And that's why the strap line of Teddy's ideas worth spreading. So yeah. I think it, I think it's been, it's been a very, very interesting influence on business communication. Um, and I use this angle a lot when I'm working with my clients on, on what I call storytelling is to try and say, well, don't just present stuff. See if you can wrap an idea into this and, 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 and bring the stuff that you want to say around that to support the idea. But it starts with selling an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's it's about the audience. It's not about you, isn't it, really? You know, there's no point standing on a stage talking at an audience if if they're not bothered about yeah, what it, it is that you're saying. It's, it's got, got, it's got, it's got, it's got to be a bit of everything, though, hasn't it? That, yeah. it's, that, it's that sort of sweet spot. If you were doing a then thingy, you know, uh, what what really fascinates me, what could really fascinate and intrigue other people um, and, and that sweet spot, and what have I got? What have I got? Some form of story to tell, as Andrew's saying. You know, the, the story is important, and I think when people think of story, they sometimes think of you know long, sort of complex and fascinating and amazingly written stories. But mm. in the context of a short, I think mine was about 13, 14 minutes maximum. Ted x talk your story can be a matter of a couple of lines um mm. and i think that's a very interesting and in fact on that that whole that was the most um mind-blowing brilliant challenge and the challenge has to be one of your motivations i think you know it, it, it's great to work on something that you think this is going to be really hard and i'm going to practically be in tears at points during this it's a bit like doing a dissertation if you've ever been on any kind of uni, uni journey um and that to me is part of the joy of it and you're I think that's when you know you're going to get something good at the other end. And it's the, what is it called? Murdering your darlings or something. Who came up with that? You, you went, yeah? yeah, I've heard the phrase. I can't remember yeah, who came no, up with it. It's a writer. Yeah. It's a writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Edit, edit and edit again. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a question here from uh, from Ella. I know Trisha has mentioned before about making your talk really niche, so it grabs an organizer's attention. What are your thoughts about this? Well, can I can I jump in with an answer yeah, for that, this one? Yeah. Um, hmm. Grabbing an organizer's attention is really important because um, uh, uh, we we get lots and lots of people applying to talk, and I think it's remembering just linking to what we were saying before sort of getting into the mindset of an organizer is really very useful because they've effectively got two things to do one is they've got to produce a live event because you a tedx talk will never be published unless it's been delivered to a live event first that's the the principle of it so an organizer will put on an event now it could be a two-day event a one-day event we did it we always do an evening event and they've got to have a lineup so they will always be looking at your talk or your proposed talk with a view to what else they could have in the lineup. And, and some of the, most of that actually will not be within your control. 
So you've just got to stick in your own lane, really, and go, this is a great idea and I'm going to go for it anyway. But be aware that that might be the case. So it could be that sometimes we say no to people, not because their idea isn't good and not because they aren't good, but simply because, you know, it doesn't sort of fit in with that, that idea. Yeah. The second event that an organiser will have an eye to is not really an event, but it's the point at which that talk then gets published, published um, uh, onto the TEDx website. And that then is always seen in isolation. So in terms of grabbing an organiser's attention, it's got to you know, fit if they have a theme, it's got to fit within the theme, it's got to be uh, an interesting enough idea for that organiser to think this will really fascinate, to use Trisha's word, my live audience there. But it's also got to be a great idea so that somebody going onto this massive library of ideas and taps in, types in, you know, a particular word, something they're interested in or a problem that they've got or something that's, you know, resonated with them, your talk will, will get found. It will be searchable, if you like. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of things you're to hold in your head. You've yeah. still got to be, you know, authentically attached to whatever your your idea is, not just mm. a case of, well, but I, I reckon if I, if I talk about this, it's got a good chance of getting on the stage because that's very mm. niche. You know, it's yeah. got to be something that you're intimately connected to because you believe in it strongly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think in terms of if I did use the word niche, which I'm, which actually is one of my least favourite things, but if I did use it, um, Ella, it, it was in terms of what I just said before about the murdering your darlings thing. The same, the same as you do during the um, actual process of putting your talk together, you also have to do in the process of brainstorming. The, the topic so so yes absolutely Andrew you've got to be authentically attached to the thing but but when I, I think if I used niching I meant it more in a sort of slicing away and away and away till you get to a, a smaller part of that bigger idea because otherwise and and the first time I wrote myself it, it was there was too much in it and Catherine was brilliant at slashing it around <laughs> which is what you need which is what you need because we're all because if you are authentically attached you are very enthusiastic yeah. about it and you want to say this and you want to say that and you want to say the other and put it all in and the kitchen sink can go in there as well um and and of course it dilutes the power because if you're going on that stage on that little red dot for maybe 10 minutes even you know it, people can't take all that in so when i said if i said niche I, it was it was that not finding a clever little niche it was getting down and down and down into that core nugget which can be more simple than i think you sometimes think is is good you know yeah. does that make sense yeah, because actually, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the most is is no time at all. And most of us are walking on a stage with, you know, 20, 30 years experience. And you can't put all that into a, into 10 minutes. But I just wanted to just going on to that niche, because it was a, a question that came up in my head as I was reading that is if you if you do have something that is quite niche, you know, it's it's one particular subject, one particular idea, and you know it doesn't fit into the theme that your local TEDx organizer has. Is it worth trying other other places? I mean, it, you know, can you have one idea that you just tout at every every TEDx organizer in the country in the world? Is it worth doing that? Um, well, I would I would say if. 
if it if you have a local event that's near you and it has a theme and yours doesn't fit in with the theme there's no you know you could apply but you know it's probably not going to get there is it because it doesn't support the theme so look for somewhere where they either have a a theme that fits or um they don't have a theme we don't tend to have themes and it's more open um i think but having said that that's a little bit flippant because i think there's lots of things to consider so um if it's your local area you may well want to contribute to your local community in which case you're just going to wait until there's a chance to do that perhaps yeah um you need to consider practicalities so for example um trisha was hugely committed to coming to talk at northwich because that was one hell of a journey that she had to make more than once and there's a cost involved there's petrol there's accommodation there's time out of work and all that sort of stuff so the further away your event is um the uh, depending on what the schedule is for the from the organizers you've got to add all of that into consideration yeah. ted, you're already ted, putting ted tourism yes yes and i think i mean as organizers we would be very wary of people touting um you know if they've already done one and then they're going around touting or, or on others we would we would mm. and, and actually the guidance from ted themselves is to be very wary of that yeah, yeah. and we always would be because we will be looking at you know giving people opportunities to use the tedx platform mm. um I, I also, because Catherine won't necessarily say this herself, I, I and I can only talk about Northwich, obviously, because that's my experience. Um, but I have also coached um, a, a couple of people with TEDx Talks who've done it at other venues, and I no names mentioned. Um, it is sometimes the payoff, the, the 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 compromises you make by having to travel further. Obviously, if you can afford it, and all the rest of it are well rewarded by making sure you are part of a really well organized supported professionally done event because they are not all the same and um and from the experience i've had working with people i know you know that um there, there, you know, some of them might say, for instance, oh, you must you must have a slideshow. Well, I mean, Catherine would, would never have said that. Um, you must have a slideshow. Um, or uh, one piece of advice somebody was given was, oh, don't forget to start with introducing who you are and what your business is. And I immediately said to my, to my class, don't, don't, whatever you do, do not do that. That is not a TED Talk. So... That's kind of faulty advice from well-meaning, I'm sure, and hardworking and lovely people. But do, do yeah, don't compromise. Do your research. On, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't compromise and do your research. Just to because we are actually now out of time. <laughs> but what I'm going to ask is because there's so much uh, that I would still like to, do, and we've got questions as well. Are you happy to go on for another ten minutes or so? Are you all, all available for that? Fabulous. So if you're out there listening, we're going we're gonna to carry on talking. We are over our half an hour, but uh, I think this is worth carrying on with. Uh, so thank you. Thank you guys for that. Um, we've got here a question from James. Uh, hi, James. Would the number of speeches and interviews I've made that can be viewed on the internet be part of a resume of sorts for a TEDx application? Or does TEDx find you via referrals? How, how does that process work if you want to do a talk? Um, I mean, uh, Catherine, you're the 
the, the yeah. one that I would come to with that. But if anybody that's else, an, that's an interesting one, James. Um, I can only speak from Northwich's point of view. I have an insight into the Warrington uh, process as well. Um, the, both of those TEDx events would always go on idea first. Uh, and then as part of this, um, the supplementary application, um, you know, we might look at what other things you've, you've done. But actually, that would always be secondary to us, because as I think, you know, we would always say, you know, idea first and we can then support the speaker to get to a particular standard. So it's, it's not that's not it, it's 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 further down the chain in terms of making the decision making. So it's it's yeah. not really. Um, a resume. I think that I mean, there's an element of that that I would probably just pick up on, which is if you've got an amazing idea and you have been talking about that for some time and you've been working it out, you know, you've been delivering it to different audiences or trying different bits of it out in, in, in other ways and other formats and other platforms, then actually it's that when you then say, this is my idea, that's quite good evidence that this is your genuine idea and it's something that you're very passionate about. Um, so it would it would be helpful in that. I can't remember what the second part of the question was, actually. Sorry. Um, but that answers the first bit. What was the second yeah. bit? The second bit was, uh, does TEDx find you via referrals if uh, if okay. they don't look at that? Uh, so um, it, this is this is an interesting one from TEDx uh, from TED because they have they've contacted the organizers around this. And so um, lots of organizers will have application processes and, and various ways of applying via that. We have an application form and a video submission for it. Um, but TEDx are very happy for organisers to go out and find their speakers. Now, in the sense that we're interested in your idea, would you be interested in applying type of process? Um, so there will be some TEDx events where um, they will they will go looking for ideas. So if you're already out there, yes, um, or if you're known for an idea, but I think it, it, they don't want it to go solely that way and they, they want a sort of a nice mix. And in Northwich, yeah. we've made the decision to, to have a nice mix about that. We're encouraging yeah. people to apply to us. And there may be, may be certain ideas that we're very keen on and that we would make those approaches and bring them into the application process. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's worth repeating that the the TEDx events are community events, aren't they? Then there's no payment. I mean, obviously you pay to go and watch, but the people that are up on stage and the organisers aren't being paid. Um, I'm right in saying that, aren't I? You are. You don't get paid for doing it and you don't have to pay to do it. Fabulous. Excellent. Um, well, let's let's find out then about about how you go about putting a talk together in the first place. So, Andrew, it, through your experience, what was the difference when you started with the first talk, putting it together to maybe the last talk you did? And what what's your process of uh, of coming up with that idea and then structuring the talk specifically for a TEDx stage? Well, I, I have to stress the difference between the experience of being a speaker at the first one in, I think it was 2010 at Warwick University, where there was no help offered at all. We didn't have the benefits of Catherine's experience or Trisha's experience to help hone the talk. We, you were just, you know, on your own. And um, so I, I actually had enormous imposter syndrome with the first one because one of the other speakers was Noam Chomsky, who is a, a very well-known American academic. Um, and also uh, Sir Roger Penrose, who's one of the world's leading mathematical physicists and worked alongside Stephen Hawking. And then it was me. <laughs> <laughs> 
with my 25 meter swimming certificate and my four handicap of golf. So um, there was no help offered at all. And the difference with the one that Catherine and I uh, shared the stage on, which was Nantwich, was we did have a speaker coach. We did go through a few iterations of, you know, there's a, there was a, quite a difference between the first version of the talk and what it ended up being at the end, as indeed was the case with, uh, with Warrington, uh, where they went through, goodness knows how many iterations to get to the final version. So there was quite a difference, but I think that's indicative of the way that TED has become a much more widely established standard, to organisational standard, because obviously it was quite a brave decision for Chris Anderson to give control of the brand up to independent people who could still represent the brand. Um, and I think it's just got tighter and tighter in terms of managing the, you know, the quality of how that brand's represented. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, Tricia, your experience of, of putting the, your talk together, yeah, you said I, that I, yours I, went through a few iterations as well. Oh, my gosh, yes, iterations all over the place. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that is the biggest thing, is that um, you do have to be brave and think, okay, no, it's okay that I don't include that story and that story, oh, and that story, although they're all brilliant stories. Um, it's... <laughs> It's 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 better that I just have this little tiny nugget. And and what I did was I told a little story at the beginning. I mean, tiny and a little story at the end, which pulled it all together. But they were they were it was really filtered down and down and down. And and I did start with a question. And this is a really interesting one, because because obviously, as Catherine kept saying, you want to think, what do I want to hear people chatting about afterwards? You know, what would I love to hear them saying? And, you know, and even now I get people watching the talk and saying, yes, yes, oh, that, oh, you got it. That's just how I feel. And I'd never thought of it like that or something like that. And you, whatever it is, um, I mean, the story might be a a bit of data or a, a bit of science or or something in the news. It doesn't have to be a personal story, but something that will pull people in and get them so you're not expecting people to go away with a fully blown, massive step-by-step um, -step list of how to do something or exactly what this is. It's more like, oh, I'm intrigued by that and that's made me think. Yeah. So therefore, you do have to keep it really, really tight. Yeah. And it's yeah, like I a mean, piece of copy, you know, a piece of copy gets better when you strip stuff out. It gets yeah. distilled down to its essence, its purest version. And, 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 and the pauses. <laughs> and if you're very close to the topic, which invariably you are, you know, you have all these great stories, oh, I want to tell them this, I want to tell them this. And then someone comes along and says, well, you strip that out. You know, the slasher, the slasher comes along and says, no, no, get rid of that. You, know, you don't need that. But it actually gets better, you know, for the slashing. Yes. I used to, I had a director for a play that I did and, and we used to call her Slasher Bucken because that's what she, she used to take the scripts and just slash them and take that line out. No, you, really. Catherine, slasher. Slasher uh, Sandman. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not sure about that, actually, although yeah, I do feel that that is my role. I mean, famously, and I'm not sure, Tricia, whether this was the one that you were on, um, we had a gentleman who who was one of our speakers, and he, I think his first rehearsal was something like 24 minutes. Now, the maximum is 18 minutes, and we would always say at Northwich, we're looking for something much shorter than that. 
because can you imagine having a whole lineup where everybody was doing 18 minutes? It would just be too big an ask on a live audience. But anyway, so he went from 24 minutes. The final version was six minutes. And actually, it was so much stronger for mm. being so yes. short. Now, not everybody's will be six minutes. Some people will need 18 minutes. Most people don't need that much either. But his was so, so powerful for being six minutes long because yeah. it was the essence. It was like the pure distilled version of something that was a was a was a really profound message mm, yeah. and he, he just cut everything away now yeah there was a bit of slash i actually cut mine down at warwick while i was doing it <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reason for that is you know you have a countdown clock in front of you which started, I think it, it was 18 minutes and then it counted down. And I must have had brain freeze or something midway through because I thought it was going up. And I looked at the clock. Oh, my God, I've only got that time left. So I thought, well, I better speed up a little bit. So I might have left some things out thinking I got confused. It was counting down. It was counting you up. You slashed. So. You slash your own. the talk. How about that? <laughs> Excellent. I've got, I have literally just, well, I got the audio and I listened to the Chris Anderson TED Talk book. So I've got the link because it was brilliant for explaining all sorts of things, anything you need to know uh, about, about the essence of TED as well and what it's, you know, what it's there for, really. So Oh, it seems to have come out in, in two different sections. Obviously, too long for one. Uh, but go and find that book because it is brilliant. So before we wrap up, can I just find out from, from each of you how you came across the first, how, how you got onto the TEDx stage? And the, perhaps we'll hear from Catherine the, the correct way of doing it. So, Andrew, you went through the university route to find your first opportunity to I, I actually did a little bit of pro bono work for uh, an international university organization called ISEC and one of the organizers that I was helping her friend was organizing TEDx Warwick University that that's how I got involved excellent so they did you ask them or did you put yourself forward or did they, no, they, ask? they asked me if I would if I would be interested in being a speaker and Lovely. that was 2010 and did you have to run away and find an idea or did you ha already have the idea? Um, it was during the time when I was sort of reinventing myself. So I, I actually knew that I wanted to speak about the experience I was going through of reinventing myself. So yeah. it was a little bit like a, a career lesson that I was learning in a way. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and Trisha, I think you might have touched on on how you came across your first opportunity, but just just... Tell us how that actually came about. Um, I was just looking to see actually if it, um, yeah. So it was it was back in 2020, and I then did the talk in 2022. But I it was literally um, LinkedIn. It was, yeah, it was LinkedIn. It was obviously it was in my head as something um, that would be a really great challenge to to do. Um, and I'd written the book or was writing the book. I can't remember. I can't, time, COVID, everything, weird. Um, but I I, um, I just saw this thing and, and introduction on LinkedIn. Somebody said, you know, I this could be up your street. Yes, right. So I contacted Catherine. Um, 
I didn't at any point take it for granted that I was a shoe in to just be taken on board by Catherine um, and but spent a lot of time and effort on my application and idea as much as I could. Um, and, um, you know, the, the journey began, but I was, uh, I, you know, I took it as a, as a big privilege and never took it for granted. And, um, yeah, and, and, and still do. So there we go. Fabulous, fabulous. And Catherine, how, how then would you advise people to find a TED stage to speak on? I think you can start off by looking in your local area. That makes a lot of sense. You can go on the TED website, uh, click on the top bar where it says locations or events. I can't remember what it is now. And what it does is it opens up a map of the world, which is just worth doing anyway. It's just so <laughs> exciting. There's little flags all over the world where there are these events. And then just zoom in. Um, I remember working with one particular client who was um, – uh, from Sierra Leone and she went oh gosh they do them in Sierra Leone so we zoomed in and she went oh my gosh that's just near where my dad lives and um, that was a bit exciting but you know where it, so so that that would that is a, a, a give you gives you a flavor of where there are there and then you know connect connect with the organizer that that page then takes you to events which takes you to the organizers events connect with them find their website you know there'll be a TEDx website related to that event find out if what if they've got a process what that process is obviously follow the process yeah. you know we we sometimes get we ask for a, a video submission and sometimes people don't send one well you know they don't get considered you, you, you follow the process if the, if yeah. there is a process but also if you know there's one going and you've got the connection then you might well want to make that approach and say you know i've got i've got an idea and um uh, uh, you know how do i go about sharing that yeah. So it's connections, um, yeah, as well as and doing, your, doing your research. And yes, due diligence. Excellent. Well, I think we will wrap it up there because people are saying goodbye. So uh, I think uh, so. Ella and Yellow Tuxedo guys and Vicky Gilman had to go. So yeah, lots and lots of uh, thank yous in there and been brilliant absolutely brilliant really really valuable to anybody that wants to step on a, a TEDx stage at some point it's on their bucket list so thank you for being here and thank you for all your fantastic uh, comments I'm going to quickly show so Catherine this is your website so people can find you at www.catherinesandland.com and then we have Trisha's, which is trishalewis.com, and Andrew, which is andrewthorpe.co.uk. Uh, so you are all your own names, and I am power to speak.co.uk. <laughs> so, yeah. so. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but, brilliant. If you if you're out there and uh, you are watching the replay, please do add a comment. Uh, if you've got a question, then stick it in the comments below and we will uh, get back to you, either me or one of my guests today. So so do get involved and do subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube channel for Power to Speak. Brilliant. Thank you guys very much and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, everybody.